even the very, very early days of podcasting, there was only a few that did a drama storytelling with multiple characters, not just one, two, three, four, maybe as many as 10. And the content is often scripted, but it's really focused on immersing the audience and entertaining. You're listening to Podcast Insider, hosted by Mike Dell, Todd Cochran, and Mackenzie Bennett from the Blueberry team, bringing you weekly insights, advice, and insider tips and tricks to help you start, grow, and thrive through podcasting. With all the support of your team here at Blueberry Podcasting, welcome. Let's dive in. I'm Mackenzie Bennett, Marketing Specialist here at Blueberry. And I'm Todd Cochran, CEO and co-founder of Blueberry. Today, we'll be reviewing the different types of podcast formatting and styles that you can choose from as a podcast host. So there's a few different podcast format styles, but before we really get into that, when I was doing research for this, I was kind of surprised to see that basically everything was discussing the difference between format and structure, but there's a good reason why. So the format of a podcast is essentially the delivery method, whether it's an interview, you know, co-host like we're doing now, or having a panel, something like that. And then the structure is the content within the episode. Like we're going to have a co-host discussion today, but then, you know, we might have a tip of the month or something like that. It's it's kind of how you format what is going on within the actual episode as well. So today we're going to focus on the different formats, but there's so many different ways that you can go about it. You know, I think from my perspective, having been a solo podcaster for so many years, I feel like I'm kind of in the super minority at this point from podcast creation because most of the shows that I listen to today are basically a host and co-host. And it surprises me how many folks are not doing solo shows these days. And I, I think that it's a format, in my opinion, that's often overlooked. And, and I really think the advantage of the solo format is you're really not dependent upon anyone. And you can pick the style you're most comfortable with because you, you have, uh, you know, it's your baby. You only have to depend upon yourself. And it's often one of those formats, depending on the content type, also as solo, where maybe you're coming across as the authority or you're telling a story or it's about life. It's really, it, it runs the gambit on solo shows. But I think oftentimes now that, a lot of podcasters don't think about it, you know, whereas the interview and the co-host may be with someone to interview is a popular model because I've, I've kind of done both. But Mackenzie, when you listen to shows today, what are you hearing mostly? Solo, interview, co-host, what are you hearing? Um, it does run the gamut a little bit, but I'm going to say I don't think there's one podcast that I listen to that is solo. I don't think there's any. Yeah, and that it's a tough to be a solo podcaster because really you're relying on yourself to keep the audience entertained, which isn't a bad thing. And I think the main thing for me as a solo podcaster, I really, again, the ability to not have to rely on somebody, be at a place at a certain time, do that kind of coordination that's required where you have a hard start, maybe even a hard stop. And it's if you can fit your show into your life, this is where I think the advantage is being solo. But at the same time, folks, shows that do an interview show where there's a 
a host and then just a guest, you know, that again is a little bit almost as a solo show because you're still in control of the Mm -hmm. time that you record. I listened to quite a few of those, I think. There's the advantage of doing it solo with in the interview way because you are still in control, but you don't have to rely on yourself for the content all of the time. I think we've seen solo a little bit phased out because beforehand it was um, kind of the only option sometimes. Now the general population is more knowledgeable and knows that a podcast exists and you don't really have to like explain it anymore. And people are more willing to just put themselves online for some type of content. People were a little more hesitant to do that before. And now it's just become so easy to do and so like accepted and people are more comfortable with it that it really doesn't matter. It's easier to find someone to say, hey, I want to do a podcast. Do you want to do one with me? As opposed to you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, people were like, I don't know what that is. That sounds scary. No, thank you. I think that's part of the reason why. I think it's also tech. You know, now people are used to getting on a Zoom call. In the early days when I was doing a show that none of that tech existed, you know, Mm -hmm. we were still bringing people in via a wired landline. And that was, you know, they had to dial in, you had to have special gear and and really, it it just was not easy. And it really, to be honest with you, it didn't sound that good. I think we all kind of maybe remember the days of people calling into a radio station. And it was kind of that lower crackly type of sound that was coming over, even on a cell phone at times. It wasn't that great. So I think the tech has improved, allowing interview shows and those that are doing a show with a co-host to be much easier to execute and have really, really great quality. You know, you look what we're using today for technology, the three of us are in different locations, but the audio sounds like we're in the same room because of the platform that we're using to record this on. So I think that has a big part of it too. So solo, again, an option, interview show, very, very popular where you're a host and a guest and you have a lot of control. But then when it comes to co-host, which I also do personally, you know, then it's almost like you have to lock in that dedicated time each week to have a specific start, a specific stop. And it's, uh, there's, a, there's pressure there to make that happen. You have to show up and you have to coordinate. So, and also you have to rely that your co-host isn't going to get bored and quit on you or vice versa. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that relationship. I mean, we're doing it in this work scenario and we've, we've got it down. We've made changes over the years and we've figured out who is best at what in this group that we have. And I feel like we've really come to a good system, but I've never done a podcast outside of work. And so Todd, you have lots of experience with this, but I imagine there is some contentious conversations there that, uh, involved if, you know, figuring out responsibilities and if someone's dropping the ball or if someone thinks they are, but the other one disagrees, any type of legal documents that you might want to have involved. It's quite a lot of work to get it into a good platform, I think. And I think the agreement between co-hosts is important. If even it's just written on paper, you know, the show I do with, uh, with Rob, we are now in the process right now of kind of looking at the format of that show and making decisions. And it's a back and forth, like you said, a negotiation 
we're not mm-hmm. going to quit by any means, but we're definitely looking to make format changes. So it does take a give and take. So I think many of that, much of that should be accounted for in the early days. And, you know, we don't want to talk about the negative, but every once in a while we do end up in the middle as a hosting company where a co-host has quit or someone has taken the keys away from the login or whatever it may be. And it can turn quite contentious. And just from your own safety standpoint, if you're going to have a co-host, make sure you have something written down. And even if you're a few months in, you know, take the time and say, hey, what if what if we get to the point where we hate each other and, and we're going to split ways? You know, who takes what? What's going to be the, you know, the ramifications of the person leaving and all this stuff? Because you work together to build a brand and you build a show and, and things can go sideways. But again, it takes a lot of negotiation and work together. So it's it's very positive because, you know, thousands of shows do this with a co-host. I think it's just a good conversation to have regardless of the friendship level because, you know, you just need to know where you're at legally. Yeah, I think it comes down to trust a lot of the time. That's really with any type of sure. co-host situation. It's And you, you see it all the time in big entertainment situations where the co-host in real life might hate each other. But right. at the end of the day, <laughs> for the content, they can do it. They banter. They riff. They have this great relationship. I mean, I, I think it's like Penn and Teller who like despise each other, but they put on this amazing show. And you just have to trust that each of you are going to do your job for the content. And that's all. So we've covered really the three most popular interview, solo, and co-host. But there's really more types of formats. There's the journalist education storytelling version. I listened to quite a lot of that. That one, I think, really took off. The first thing that I really think of with that is cereal. Like, it's it's very um, generic to say that. But it really was an example of this show is reviewing this case, this true crime case. We're going to go at it from this journalistic viewpoint because it came from the NPR team. And... It has evolved into taking this information and really doing like a deep dive into it. And it it is very well received, to say the least. And I think those shows take a high level of planning, a lot of uh, research. Same with the fiction drama storytelling format. Oh, yeah. And to be honest with you, those formats alone, in my opinion, are probably the ones that take the most work. They're so hard. I have so much respect for it. Even the very, very early days of podcasting, there was only a few that did a drama storytelling with multiple characters, not just one, two, three, four, maybe as many as 10. And the content is often scripted. It's not necessarily off the cuff, but it can. There's lots of ways to go about it, but it's really focused on immersing the audience and entertaining. And it might be kind of really goes back to being a radio where they were doing these on the air dramas with a, you know, a live acting team right in a studio. So it's kind of goes along that way. And these again are usually well scripted, takes a lot of work. You're not putting out an episode a week usually with these. It's uh, maybe you're, you're spending a half a year doing a small series it really can depend on the format, but I'd be honest with you that these are great shows when they're done correctly. Yeah, they are impressive. They are a work of love. 
We, I mean, we've personally spoken to many creators over the years. Todd, you've attended Dragon Con a few times now. We went to PodCon and these were all shows dedicated to creative fiction, drama, you know, storytelling shows like this and the amount of work that goes into it and the dedication that they have is very impressive. And some of them are produced off the cuff, but they do have usually a storyline. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting in on a live recording of a show at Dragon Con where three people played five different characters and it was very, very entertaining and fun. Little quirks thrown in here or there. But to be honest with you, these folks are serious about the roles they play and the characters that they're maybe mimicking or have made up. And it's uh, it's truly a different style of podcast creation, unlike anything I could ever do. You know, and I had laughed I, at the story I had made years ago as I'd seen it at uh, one of the events, I think it was PodCon that doesn't exist anymore, where there was like this board where people are supposed to make up uh, fake advertisements for their podcast. And I kind of laughed and poo-pooed it saying, oh, no one's going to do that. And the next day there was 200 of them on the board and I was sitting there astonished. And what it really made me kind of realize was different breed of content creator, a different thought process. And it made me really have a mind shift. Really at that moment, I'd been too narrowly focused on maybe the uh, interview solo or co-hosts and really had not given as much cred to these folks that were doing fiction drama. So if that's you, let your creativity flow because uh, you can create some exciting content. Yeah, you know, I just want to do a quick shout out. I know Dave on our support team here does a D&D show with a numerous friends of his and he is behind the scenes. He's part of the episode. He's part of the show and it's really a lot of work and he does such a good job at it. And you know what, maybe we'll be able to convince him to come on the show and kind of give us insight into how he makes it all work one day. The next type of format is panel. And oftentimes how I have been associated with panel podcasts is at events. And I've been uh, just came back from uh, the NAB show. Sadly, we lost the recording for the panel because there was some mix up on the interface board. And it was really disappointing because my co-host and I had two guests on a panel at an event. And we had a, I mean, it was, there was probably 75 people, 50 to 75 people in the audience. It was a, would have made an excellent episode of the podcast. And it was a panel. There was two guests and we had this great discussion. So I think that This is probably an often overlooked potential format. And maybe you can do the show in a panel format on a regular basis where you have a lot of rotating guests. Takes a lot of coordination to do this and getting people lined up. So this is probably the hardest one, in my opinion, to organize because, you know, we've had to do this numerous times and say, can you be here? No, I'm flying out or my schedule doesn't allow it. And, you know, you have to have the stars align to do a panel podcast, but some of these, as long as they're moderated correctly, if there is a co-host and you kind of have got talking points set up to be able to go through and ask questions and kind of know who you're going to direct certain questions to, and then have feedback amongst the group can be really, really valuable. And you can get deep in the dirt and really provide super value on a series of topics that are pre-planned. 
So I think it's something that's often overlooked in podcasting from a panel perspective. Uh, most of the panels that podcasts that you hear are actually produced at podcasting events, but don't discount that as a, as a potential format for your own show. I really agree with the, uh, the don't discount it. If done well, it can, it can be a really, really nice way to put in a different kind of episode every once in a while, as well as the, you know, if you are having an event, you can expect to release multiple episodes related to this panel because that's what's being recorded live. And I also want to give credit to any moderator whether that is the podcast host behind like the actual show and this is the episodes that they're doing or whoever is moderating that panel because you can get all these people in here with their expertise and amazing ideas and opinions that they want to share, but it can get off. I think you said it before, it can get off the rails and you don't really appreciate a good moderator until you like see it happening. They're facilitating this conversation properly and edging out any potential problems between people on the panel and just keeping things moving. And it, if done properly, can be a really enjoyable episode. And if not, can just be kind of a dud. So there's a reason why it is underutilized, I think. It's, it's just a lot of work, but it can be really great. And I think, too, going to that point of being a moderator is oftentimes in a panel, you'll have opposing views. So the key is to keep the contention down and keep it light and fun. And if, if there is a bit of an argument, then understand, you know, and pre-talk through that we can agree to disagree and smile and move on. And that way it keeps the conversation fun, floating, and you keep it going, even though it can be a little bit edgy. And I think that's really, the, again, going back to what you said about the moderator. Yeah, keep it useful. Yeah. But finally, this can be a combination, a little bit of everything. You know, throw in the ability to do anything you'd like at, at the time of recording can really be fun, but potentially difficult to cultivate a loyal audience as they never know what to expect. We announce when we're going to be doing a panel episode. We announce ahead of time when we're going to have a guest. The audience knows we're going to be a host and co-host or two co-hosts, however you want to label that, but we tell them in advance what's coming. And um, that way it keeps the audience uh, apprised. And I think for those that are doing a show with a co-host and you think you have to have a guest every week, that's not necessarily true. I think your audience comes to listen to you primarily and then get the inputs of your, of your guests. And same thing if you're a solo interview show. Don't be afraid to drop a, just a solo show in there once in a while because I think you underestimate the value of you and the value that your audience puts in you. Because in reality, they're coming to hear what you have to say and the questions that you're able to drag out. But Mackenzie, that's really the popular formats, but let's talk about the structure. Yeah, so the structure is, for example, in this episode, we did the intro. Now we're going back and forth as co-hosts to discuss the different formats of these. And then at the end, we'll have our outro. These are all things that you come to expect. That's kind of that combination one, that combination format that we were discussing. The structure of that format is chaos. It can be enjoyable chaos, but at the same time, it's up for grabs every episode. So the structure is more so the designated way that you're going to go about your format. Does that make sense? <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, and we have a notepad we've given out for years. It's a show notepad. And really what it was derived from really was from going all the way back to 2004 when I was basically trying to determine the format of my show. And it really wasn't the format, it was the structure. And, and I have a, even today, I have a notepad on my desktop that says, introduce the show, introduce the top four topics, introduce what episode this is, the date, tell who it's sponsored by, tell where they can support the show, welcome new listeners, tell them to go visit the website, encourage them to subscribe, tell them where they can be engaged, how to contact, talk about partners, maybe run the ad, and then get into the content. So that's kind of like my structure document that mm -hmm. I have run since the beginning. And it, yours doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be, you know, introduce your guest. It can be introduce the topic, get into the content, then maybe later tell them how you can email the show. But what I have found over the years is having a structure really allows your audience to understand what's coming next. Maybe if they've been listening for 50 episodes, they don't need to hear the welcome. Maybe they don't need to hear your email address again. Uh, maybe they're ready to go six minutes in and start listening to the content or they know where you're about you're going to start. And they'll be able to jump ahead and do that and get into the guts or maybe get into the guts in the beginning and they don't have to listen in the middle. They know where they can fast forward if they so choose. But I think having that structure, and I've always fell by the rule, if you're going to make a structure change, only do one structure change at a time and see how the audience reacts to it. Because we're all creatures of comfort. And if you've listened to a show more than once, you'll kind of know the battle rhythm of the show and expect that. And all of a sudden you throw something in sideways. They may go, what, what, what was that? You know, and you want to build a comfortability for your listening audience. And that structure really does that. Yeah. Like you're, I mean, we're all used to it with every type of medium that we listen to, watch, enjoy, whatever it is. At the end of the day, we all crave a little bit of structure. I'm not saying we all want the same amount, but at the same time, that is generally how a brain works of some type of structure, whether we're just enjoying it because it's being given to us or we're the ones, you know, in this scenario, the podcast house creating it ourselves. Once every two or three months, I'll get an email from a new listener that says, why do you spend six or seven minutes at the beginning of your show just talking to us? And why don't you get into the content? And I say, because I want you to know about me and what's going on in my life. And I want you to be part of our family. It's the structure of the show. If you don't want to listen to it, jump ahead to about minute seven and we'll get into the content. And oftentimes, oh, okay, that's cool. It'll be the response. Maybe sometimes they leave. You know, it's one of those things you have to make a decision on your structure and what's best going to fit your show and serve your audience. I try not to waste my audience's time, but at the same time, it's the audience to me, at least my audience, is more than just a just someone listening. I want them to be part of, and just like this show, we want you that are listening to this show to be part of our family here. And we want to give you a good structure to follow along and know, okay, okay, it's time for me to, to bug out. Mm -hmm. And that's that I would definitely suggest when you're choosing your format and your structure is listen to a lot of shows, listen to a lot of 
different shows to figure out what it is that you like, what you want to emulate, what you hate, the full gamut of how do I want to do this? Because you're not going to like come up with something completely new and original without having, you know, some type of background here. So when you're figuring out what you want to do, I think a lot of it is going to come from your own listening habits. And here's what I always believe too. Todd may have a way, Mackenzie may have a way, Mike may have a way of doing a show, but it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. There's no rules here in podcast creation. There is just good ideas and good tips, but just make it your own, do your own thing because there is no right way for any individual. You, you have to kind of figure out what the right way to do your show is. I think that's all that we have today, but I think that's a really good note to end on. Happy formatting your show. Go after those topics that you love. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week. And in the meantime, head to podcastinsider.com for more information to subscribe, share, and read our show notes. To check out our latest suite of services and learn how Blueberry can help you leverage your podcast, visit blueberry.com. That's Blueberry without the ease. We couldn't afford the ease. <laughs>